What's up, guys? The On The Fly is back again. We've had a little gap. But the thing is, <laughs> let me make sure my camera, hold on a second. The thing is, we had a, we had a little vacation coming in and, you know, I enjoyed vacation. <laughs> Not that I don't enjoy doing the podcast. I love doing the podcast. I love that you guys listen, but I uh, just, just want to take a break, charge up my batteries. Last year was a long year for everybody and a long year for me. Uh, Still need to charge the batteries up. I've got my daughter going through her senior year, so we had a lot going on with that. So hopefully, you know, we'll be in and out, as, and we'll do it as much as we can. We finally have to finish up or get closer to the finish of the Motley Crew Music Madness Tournament. We're we we were in the Elite Eight last episode, and now we're moving to the Final Four. We're going to talk about that today. We'll talk about some mammoth. A lot of news with Mammoth right now, and some good news right now. Dirty Honey, uh, we got the Eagles. Clarence Clemens, a weird story about Clarence Clemens. Uh, Leonard Skinner, do a little TV today. Stranger Things and the Peacemaker. Talk about that. Talk about the upcoming Creatures Fest, which has had some exciting news since the last time we uh, talked. Talk about Union. You remember the old band Union? Keeping it keeping it kiss-wise. We'll talk about Union. Uh, and talk a little bit about Paul Stanley making a comment about something in his past that he has he hasn't doesn't really have a fondness for. Heart, something I'm not thrilled about. And then Journey and Toto. But while we're talking, before we get into all this, um, I don't know if you guys saw the interview I did with Classic 78. Uh, man, it was so great to be able to talk. Uh, and I'm going back and looking at my notes when that was. It's been a while. Tom Higgins was on. Uh, and it doesn't have a date. But anyway, you know, you, you guys, if you watch it, you saw just a great guy. <clears throat> and after the show went off, well, while the show was going on, he was talking about sending me something. And, you know, I I, I bought all the stream and stuff. So, and I offered to, to pay for this. But to, yesterday, I get this in the mail. And I don't know if you can see that real well. It's got a glare on it. The Classic 78 Phantoms CD. And the thing I really love about, you know, these guys really, really try to do do it like Kiss would do it. You look at the font and you look at that on the back to Ace, Gene, Paul, and Peter, just like the solo albums. Um, and the cover, man, the cover is so great. So, And I know the glare is bad there. There you go. That's a little bit better. Uh, but you look at that, the roller coaster in the background. That was from Claudio, Claudio Bergman who I am going to reach out to. I would love to get him on the show to talk about his art. I'm going to reach out to him. Uh, but, yeah, I got that in the mail yesterday. Man, I was uh, – I'm psyched for it. I, I don't even want to open it. I just want to keep it uh, keep it as a collector's item. I've got the stream and stuff. But, man, just great to see that in a hard copy. I also got some stuff coming up. You know, after the Motley Crue Music Madness tournament ends, we will be going – Straight into the, to more. You know, we may be doing a billboard, but I've got a lot of shows booked up that I've already interviewed for for future Music Madness tournaments that's going to happen. I'll just tell you, it's a big Ozzy thing. Ozzy Osbourne's coming up. Black Sabbath's coming up. Uh, Rod Stewart is coming up. We're gonna we're gonna be full, and and, and we're gonna do our whole billboard flashback tournaments as well, as, like we've done. We haven't done one of them in a while. But let's get right to right to talking about some news first off leonard skinnard you know great southern rock band well now if you'd like to go stay in leonard skinner's founding vocalist ronnie van zant's childhood home you can do that you can book it on airbnb known as the van zant house the jacksonville florida property is listed as official heritage site 
a plaque in front of the home notes that Ronnie, along with his brothers, current Leonard Skinner singer Johnny and former 38 special member Donnie, spent their formative years growing up in this house with their sisters and parents between the 50s and 80s. The Airbnb list and states that the home is a living tribute to the Van Zants and features many nods towards Leonard Skinner and a legacy. Inside this main house, you'll find some cool memorabilia, a vintage 1938 Brunswick pool table, and a retro 70s feel to remind us of all uh, remind us all of the way things were with a hint of nostalgia, so the listen says. And adding that Leonard Skinner fans get goosebumps visiting home. Still, they caution the property isn't for everybody. Please understand that we have restored and continue to restore this home to what it looked like in the 70s with a few minor nods to technology. And, you know, you know yeah, of course, nobody would be able to, to stay there. If you have an expectation of a perfect modern home, this is probably not a good fit for you. Three bedrooms, sleeps up to six guests, starting at $274 a night. So would you be, you know, I think it would be kind of cool. Um, you know, has more people done this? I don't know. I'm not familiar with the whole, I know the Airbnb business, but have more people done this with like, I mean, I mean, it's Paul Stanley's house out there. I know some of these Super Kiss fans, especially the Super Paul fans, would love to do that. Uh, is the loft where Kiss used to rent and perform is that is that available? Uh, I mean, I would get, I would definitely love to see that. That maybe some Kiss would look into would be, you know, looking into some old old places where they stayed, buying that property and and, and renting it out for people to go see or stay. Or whatever that would be pretty cool. What bands would you love to see? You know, historically, with some of their stuff, what bands would you love to see have something like that rented out? I mean, the Vans at home. You know, it, I guess it's it would be kind of weird for somebody in that family to say they're renting out like my uncle's house or or my family's house, but you know. I don't know who did this. I, I think it would be pretty cool to go to that house and see some of the stuff they've got in there. That pool table sounds pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, just something something uh, off the wall there to start you off with. Then <laughs> we talked about Clarence Clemens. This is this is strange. You know, the late, great Clarence Clemens, who was in the Bruce Springsteen band, played the saxophone. Uh, what was that song? Was it your friend of mine with Jackson Brown? He did. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, now the son of Clarence Clemens is now facing regular fines for using his father's name likeness to sell cannabis without first getting permission from a family trust that controls the late Bruce Springsteen's saxophone assets. Nick Clemens was sued last year over a big man blaze baked goods, which he launched in 2020, but he did not respond to the suit. A judge subsequently ordered him to stop. The younger Clemens never did. Now a federal court is holding Nick Clemens and his company, Big Man's West LLC, in contempt of court. He faces a daily $250 fine if he continues selling weed and related products. Defendants have taken no actions to comply with the order since receiving it, according to U.S. District Judge Michael A. Ship's ruling. They have not responded to any filing in this action, and more troublingly, plaintiff's detailed defendants' extensive and ongoing violations of the order. Clemens has insisted that the suit is frivolous, arguing that as part owner of the family trust, you cannot sue yourself. He told Billboard that he is not even considering complying with the order, but may eventually file a response. The trust was set up before Clarence Clemens' death in 2011 and names Nick Clemens and three siblings as beneficiaries documents specified however that the trust itself retains the right to clarence clemens name and likeness until his youngest son jared turns 25 years old in 2023 so i mean both sides of this i guess the other siblings or the ones that are suing um I don't know. That's that's a complicated situation. But if they're suing and this guy's like just a, you know, you don't you don't ignore a court order. You don't do that. You you fail to comply, you get in a lot more trouble than what this is. 
But that's where I think he's gone wrong. Yeah, maybe maybe you have a point with you don't sue yourself, but ignoring it is not going to get you uh, is not going to get you anywhere. It's just going to get you in more trouble. Uh, hopefully they'll clear that up. But big man's yeah, but Clarence Clemens, I just remember, you know, back in the early '80s when Bruce Springsteen was at his all-time high with Born in the USA, seeing that guy. That guy was a big dude, and he was talented, man. And then when he sang with Jackson Brown, like we talked about, man, he he could he could well too. So now let's go to a little bit of better music news. So you know, Mammoth WVH, Wolfgang, and his band have kicked off their tour, which was delayed, the Young Guns tour, the COVID-delayed Young Guns tour with Dirty Honey. What a great lineup. I got a friend of mine that's going to see it in Raleigh. Can't wait to hear what he says about it. But, it, you know, those are two great bands. I don't, you know, two of the upcoming bands right now. And and seems like uh, Wolfgang and Mammoth de- debuted a new song song titled I Don't Know It All, which they recorded during the Mammoth WHV sessions, but that didn't make it on the album. Uh, could this be a song that's going to be on the next album? Because Wolfgang's already talking. We're going to get into that in just a second. Wolfgang's already talking about a new album coming out before the, the, the year's out. And I, I hope that's right. Dirty Honey also gave Consagoras a healthy dose of their 2021 self-titled it. First LP playing five of its eight tracks, along with five of the six songs from a 2019 EP. That re- that was really what gay got me into it. And then they made room and included their cover of Prince's "Let's Go Crazy," which they also played during the NHL's New Year's Day Winter Classic. Man, I've I've been getting into a Prince rabbit hole here lately. Uh, I don't know if you guys if you guys listen to Shout Out Loudcast. Great podcast, by the way. Tom and Zeus do a great job. But every month, and I think I've talked about this before, but if I have, so what? I'm going to talk about it again. Uh, the, every month, they one of those, it's those two, Tom and Zeus, and then Sonny Pooney from Growing Up Rock Podcast, from uh, Podcast Rock City. Uh, great, another great guy there. Love talking to Sonny. Love hearing Sonny talk. These guys are very knowledgeable about what they, but, they do a album review crew and one of those three guys picks an album. And now they're starting where you, if you're a member of their Patreon family, which I suggest you, if you like this, you, you go over and uh, check them out. Uh, they're going to let you, the fans at, on Patreon make suggestions on, on albums pick. But anyway, this last month, a couple of weeks ago, maybe a week ago, they did their album was Prince's Purple Rain, and man, it brought back some memories. Back in the when that came out, man, I was what eleven or getting ready to turn eleven, I think. And I want to say, was that around the same time that Animalize Kiss Animalize came out? I think that's right. If I remember right, my birthday presents that year. Were three cassettes and a shirt. Prince's Purple Rain, Kiss Animal Eyes, and New Edition self-title album, which all three I loved. And I'm I'm a big time New Edition fan. But man, when you hear Prince's Purple Rain, I've said all along, that is what I call a perfect album. A perfect album from start to finish. There's what I consider no filler. They're all great songs, and I never skip from from uh, the beautiful ones, Computer Blue, the deep cuts like that, Darling Nikki, to the hits, Let's Go Crazy, When Doves Cry, uh, and, of course, the the titles track, and Epic, probably my favorite. Well, I'm not going to give away what my favorite Prince song is. We're going to have to do that. My favorite, one of my favorites, Purple Rain. Uh y- and, and this just started me down the rabbit hole. I went back and watched Purple Rain streaming, by the way, guys. Yeah, and and probably another thing with the podcast. The main reasons I haven't been on here lately was because of, uh, and I've been doing interviews to, to book shows up, but I haven't done my solo podcast on either 
a foul score or on the fly. And a lot of that had to do with, you know, dealing with stuff at work and, you know, my daughter's senior year. But, you know, I've been streaming a lot, watching a lot of stuff. But I watched Purple Rain. And <laughs> I remember watching that. that was, the shirt I got, by the way, was a Purple Rain shirt. Yeah. And I've seen them at Walmart, and I've been tempted to get one. I probably will get one soon. Um, but you see I'm wearing – I'm representing – the kids reunion tour. I'm representing that today. Um, but yeah, Purple Rain was horrible. <laughs> I, I remember watching as a kid, and I guess being 10 or 11 years old, and it was Prince, and he was hot at that time, you know, on fire as far as musically. You just wanted to say, yeah, that was a good movie. We needed, we rented it. It was VHS. We rented it. Great movie. Great movie. No, it was not a great movie. The songs were great, but the movie. This a business. This a business. <laughs> oh God, you gotta love it. Morris time and Morris day in the time. Excuse me. And uh, yeah, not not that great, but it was probably one of the better Prince movies that that came out. But yeah, been down that that Prince rabbit hole, and Prince was incredible, man. Prince was incredible. I mean, he did. He was a musical genius. Uh, you can't say enough about Prince. And I got a little bit off shot, but, you know, Wolfgang is now saying that there's going to be, they won't need five years for another Wolfgang or WHV, Mammoth WVH album. It should be ready. He could complete it in a couple of months. He described himself as very ready to make a studio return. He also refused to commit to his hope that it would happen in, during 2022. We've got a busy year of touring ahead of us. Uh, and I think we're trying to find some time this year to get back in the studio, do another album. I don't want to guarantee anything, but I like to get that done as soon as possible. I'm very ready to get back in the studio. We have some leftover tracks from the first album that I'd like to take another look at, maybe add stuff or maybe redo entirely. And then a bunch of new ideas to get to. So, you know, I'm, I'm all for it. And, this is like back to the old days where bands like kiss look at those three first three albums, what they put them out in three years or maybe two and a half, three years. This is back to the old days. Wolfgang is trying to do uh, two albums in two years. I'm all for it. I'm all for the new music like this. And I hope maybe the sophomore slump won't affect Wolfgang. Cause the, the first album was great. Can't say enough about Wolfgang. Looking forward to hearing some new material. And like I said, he debuts that new song, which was a leftover for for uh, from that Van Halen song. I don't know at all, and I have not listened to that yet. I'm trying to find. I'm sure there's a YouTube video out there, but I'm I'm trying to find it. But we, we'll check it out. <coughs> excuse, excuse me. So the Eagles go back on tour. Whoa! <coughs> Excuse me. Eagles go back on tour, but the first few first few dates they were down a man. Uh, they go back on their hotel California two tour in Savannah, Georgia. But Deacon Fry, who has been performing with the band since his father Glenn Fry's 2016 death, did not appear, and it may end up being more than one day due to illness. Deacon Fry will not be performing with the Eagles during their Hotel California 22. Tour kickoff, February, which was February 19th, the band announced via a post to Facebook. His bandmates will take over his duties in his absence. Deacon rejoined the band for performance will be based on his recovery and doctor's recommendation. Details on the severity of his illness were not provided. So I don't know if it's COVID. Is it? I mean, I don't know if they want to say it or not, but I don't know if it's COVID. I'm sure I haven't seen any more news about it here lately. I'm hoping he'll be back soon if he's not already back. But the Eagles kick off their hotel. Love to go to that Hotel California. You talk about another perfect album. We talked about Purple Rain, and I know I'll probably get a lot of slack over this. But the uh, Hotel California was one of those albums that you could, I could just put on, and I will not skip a song. It's from start to finish. Uh, wasted Time, Pretty Maids All in a Row. Hotel California, of course, uh, you know, just a great album from top to bottom. 
and one of my favorites. So, who what we got up next? Oh, Creatures Fest. All you KISS fans, the weekend, it's supposed to be Memorial Day weekend, May 27th through the 29th. And there was supposed to be, I know a couple weeks ago I was watching uh, a podcast and it may have been, it may have been, it may have been Sonny Pony's podcast, the, not the Growing Up Rock, but the other. Uh, they were talking about there was going to be a big announcement the following day. And everybody, we were in a live chat with it, and everybody was saying, Vinny's going to back out. Who's going to be Vinny's replacement? And they, they assured it would not be Vinny, Vinny backing out. One of the things thrown around was it was probably going to be, it was Podcast Rock City, I believe, was the one that I was watching. Um, but they, were, they said it could possibly be who Vinny's band was going to be. Uh, so a couple of people actually, actually guessed what it was. And Peter Chris, the original Kiss drummer, has been added to the lineup for Nashville Creatures Fest. Uh, and then, then you got uh, three other Kiss, former Kiss members, or who are supposed to be playing at the event: Ace Frehley, Benny Vincent, and Bruce Kulick. <clears throat> and that's what you have right there: is all four living non-active Kiss alumni. Of course, Eric Carr has passed away. The great late great Eric Carr and then you have uh then you have Mark St. John has passed away so uh Chris, according to the event organizers Chris will perform a few songs it's not clear which night of the festival as well as participate in meet and greets with fans the first night of Creatures Fest will feature H. Freely as the headlining act for the first time he will have the audience help pick portions of the set list Everybody who's purchased tickets to Creatures Fest will have the opportunity to vote on songs, promoted Neil Davis said in a Facebook video. As KISS fans, we always say the songs we'd like to hear at live performances. This is our chance. Now, Vinnie Vincent will headline the following night. Plans to have a tank reproduced to resemble the one used on the band's 83 Lick It Up tour. Davis claimed the tank will be fully functional, not a prop. Kulik will close out the weekend of performance on Sunday. Davis noted that Chris is scheduled to undergo knee replacement surgery on March 16th. Whether or not he plays drums at the festival will be based on his recovery and the doctor's advice. Regardless, he will sing at the festival. All right, so I mean, this is exciting. I'm not going to be able to go because that's that's obviously the weekend of my daughter's graduation. So I think she would be pretty upset, and I'd probably be kicked out of the house if I did. I wouldn't do that anyway. I wouldn't. I wouldn't dare miss that for the world. But here's the thing. Haven't we heard, you know, and I'm not talking about Ace. I'm not talking about Bruce. Not talking about Peter. Haven't we heard stuff like this from Benny's camp before? Making all these promises and all this stuff. You know, and and granted, I want to see this guy come out and do it. I want to see it happen. But I'll believe it when I see it. You know, Benny's made a lot of promises over the over the years. And I'll just believe it when I see it. You know, I would not be surprised if the Creature Fest happens and there's no Vinny there. Uh, the tank sounds cool. I, I'll believe it when I see it. So I don't want to be Debbie Downer, womp, womp, but, you know, I'm just judging from the past. A, a lot of people say Vinny's going to be there. Vinny's going to be there. And, you know, I hope, I hope they're right. I want to see it, you know. I was a, you know, I don't want to say I was a big Vinny fan, but Vinny Vincent Invasion fan, yeah. I loved Vinny Vincent. Mark Slaughter, Dana Strum, Bobby Rock. They were on the verge of something big, but what is it Gene Simmons said? He would hang himself just about it, just as he was about to get the keys to the kingdom. Yeah, that's Vinny Vincent. I mean, I I believe it when I see it. Creatures Fest, even without, if Vinny wouldn't show up, even without that, I, I think this this is going to be uh, this is going to be great. It's going to be epic. And, but what I would really like to see would be Peter and Ace get on the on the stage again together. And I mean, I would. You're not going to. I really don't think. And I may be wrong. I really don't think it's going to be 
it's going to happen on at, at the end of the road. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. Um, but it's not looking good. It's too many. And maybe they're playing us, but I just don't. I don't see it. I, that's all I can say about it. I, I just don't see it. So, that's some exciting news there. What do we got next? Here's some not-so-exciting news. Nancy Wilson details plans to tour with Ann Free Heart Lineup. These girls have had a disagreement uh, in, in the last few years, which has led to this big rift, and I, I hate it because Heart is one of my favorite groups. Uh, they, they're just awesome. Uh, Hard guitarist Nancy Wilson has detailed plans to tour under the Nancy Wilson's Heart moniker, which will not include her sister and singer Ann Wilson. So are we going to have one of these L.A. Gun situations where there's going to be a Nancy Wilson's Heart, Ann Wilson's Heart? Or, I mean, doesn't, I hope it doesn't get to that point. Uh, Wilson's new heart, heart lineup features several of her longtime collaborators, including guitarist Ryan Waters, drummer Ben Smith, bassist Andy Stoller, and keyboardist Dan Walker. Now, who's going to take over? You know, of course, you can't just go out there and play the songs and not have anybody sing. So who's going to do that? Vocal duties will fall to Kimberly Nicole, a Seattle native who became a finalist on season eight of The Voice and performed on Broadway in 2018 for a limited engagement of Rocktopia. Wilson introduced a new band on social media earlier this month, and she recently explained the reason behind the band name, the Joe Rock, of the Long Island, New York radio station, WBAB 102.3. Hart had a big offer on the table last year for a bigger tour, but Ann wasn't interested in going out with my lineup of guys that we were out with before, Wilson said, be a blabbermouth. She has a new lineup of guys she wanted me to join up with, and I sort of thought, I don't really know them, and I have I don't have loyalty yet for anybody like that. So I just kind of shined it on and decided when I do go out with my new singer, Kimberly, I can telegraph to the people coming to the show that they're going to hear heart songs in a whole different way. She also added there was no comparison to Ann singing or Kimberly singing those same songs just because it's apples and oranges. You can't compare that stuff. So I figure that's a way to let them know that it's not just Nancy Wilson of heart doing whatever, it's Nancy Wilson's heart, or you're going to hear more heart stuff. I think we got that. She also added that she has an offer for, from Sticks for me to take my band out with Kimberly. We're trying to put some dates together in September for seeing that or after October where those dates are offered to us. So we're trying to make it work. Maybe a couple of buses and a truck. We're just crunching numbers right now. But I would really be excited to be able to go out and open the show for Sticks and do some songs with them at the same show. They recently... The, this version of Heart made their live debut open for Sticks during the latter Vans five-night 50th anniversary residency at Las Vegas, which ran from January 28th through February 5th. Uh, the last time these girls went out as Ann and Nancy Wilson and, and Heart was 2019. Nancy has since released a solo album in 2021, and Ann is going to release a solo album in April. Nancy will also join Melissa Etheridge, Go-Go's Kathy Valentine, and Orianthe and the co-leader of the first ever women's only rock and roll fantasy camp over Mother's Day weekend in Los Angeles. So I, I, I'm, I'm excited and it brings me down at the same time because, you know, Hart being one of your favorite bands, and I understand if one of them, one of them doesn't, doesn't agree with the other, it's better it's better for them to come out you know let's just take some time away just don't worry about it. you do your thing i'll do mine um i wonder where the diehard because i'm not what you would call a diehard heart fan like i am a kiss fan i wonder what the diehard heart fans think about this is there a split i don't want to say a split i don't want to be a split there I don't want this to be a whole, like I said, L.A. Guns or Great White. This is Jack White's Great White. This is the Great White. This is, you know, L.A. Guns had four different versions, I think. And I'm exaggerating, but maybe. Uh, but I don't want it to get to that. They, I don't want it to be tarnished, hard to be tarnished, especially when you're going out. Because, that, you know, who, who knows how much longer uh, they have. 
But and another thing, think about the pressure. And, it, you know, and I know what Nancy was doing, saying uh, no comparison to, to Kimberly and and to what and how they saying, you're just going to hear it a different way. But you're going to still have that comparison. How much pressure is on that girl to, to live up to these songs with Ann Wilson's voice? Because there's going to be comparisons, no doubt. I mean, just look at Journey. You're still getting the whole, and I don't, I don't like it. The whole, oh, Steve Perry made Journey. What, Steve Perry made Journey. Yeah, Steve Perry got Journey. Uh, his voice got Journey over the top. It made him a big success. Steve Perry left. Arnell is there, and you don't have to like it. That's fine, but don't you know? You know, I know people need to take criticism and take, you know, everybody's got their opinions. That's what makes this country great. But don't keep harping on that stuff. These guys are going out there trying to trying to keep the thing going. And just like and, and I could say the same thing about Nancy and Nancy Wilson. She's trying to keep it going. And it be it should be interesting to see. I, I wish them well. I hope it, it turns out well. And good luck to uh good luck to Kimberly having to sing those songs and being compared because uh, it's it's going to happen no matter what you think. So, what's next? Paul Stanley. <laughs> Everybody remembers Kiss Meets Savannah the Park, I guess. If you were a Kiss fan back in the day, you remember. It's a terribly acted terribly active movie but it's one of the greatest movies i've ever seen because i love it i mean it, it, i know every word back probably backwards and forwards i've watched it so much don't you know and here's another thing too i want to talk about this i prefer the phantom of the opera not attack of the phantoms but what i think they should have done to make phantom of the park better is the music i don't want this 70s or 70s porn music into fight scenes. Uh, <laughs> I'd rather have what they did in Attack of the Phantoms. I'd rather have the rather have the uh, the solo album songs. It's a great touch to it, and that was the best thing about the Attack of the Phantoms. Attack of the Phantoms, and I guess I'm just used to the Phantom of the Park. I guess it just depends on which one you saw first and how many times you've seen it. The order of the film is so out of whack. And there's key parts of that movie. And I know you're saying key parts of Phantom of the Park, really. But uh, there's key parts of that movie left out. And I just don't like it. But Paul Stanley is saying now, and this comes out recently, so let's wonder if, if this is leading up to something. He told the Hollywood Reporter, I embraced the Phantom of the Park like an ugly child. You have to realize that we were like these imbeciles who got to take over school. We knew nothing about acting, nothing about filmmaking. We were sold in the idea of the film in a sentence that was virtually a hard day's night meets Star Wars. Well, it's far from either. I've heard that line a hundred thousand times. The film, which aired on October 28, 1978, I just turned five years old, and man, I was I left a I left my school's fall festival, which was the for a five-year-old was the social event of the year. I left that early to go home and watch Phantom of the Park. Um, of course, you know the story. They they play at a park, and they've got these superpowers, the Talisman, which great group by the way, um, and they have to battle evil inventor Abner Devereaux, who who is the genius behind some of the stuff in the park. Uh, Stanley admitted he doesn't remember much from the production process, but noted it was a particularly dramatic time for the band, which was at its commercial peak. But the members weren't exactly seeing eye to eye at the time. I just remember at one point being on set at Magic Mountain and turning to my manager at the time, Bill Coyne, saying, I think this is going to be horrible. And he said, don't worry. But you should never hear anybody say, don't worry, you know. Stanley does, however, remember when the film was screened for the cast and crew. He was unimpressed, but not distraught. It was disappointing to me, but I certainly didn't lose sleep over it, he said. 
Again, you're dealing with four guys who had no concept of what making a film was, let alone what was entailed in acting. Literally before each scene, we would yell out, line, and they would feed us the line, and then they'd roll cameras. Critics condemned the film, but the fans couldn't have been happier with the results. We were used to the sticks and stones that were thrown at us. That was part of who we were and who we are. We've never played by the rules. Only rule has always been no rules. We do what we want. Now, as bad as the movie is, like I said, it's a cult favorite. A lot of Kiss fans love it. I've, <laughs> I, Like I said, I know it forwards and backwards. But the more I listen to podcasts, and I go out seeking podcasts on, on Phantom of the Park, and I'm hoping Tom and Zeus will be doing one uh, soon. To hear different parts that people see and to go back and say, oh, yeah, that's that's right. They, they're right about that. And to notice things like, you know, things that – the the which I noticed this before, the the famous fake ace, this not Tommy Thayer, the stump man, who was an African American, and you could see his hands were black when he was in the scenes because Ace didn't show up for scenes. The 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 fight scene with Frankenstein and Dracula and the werewolf in in the House of Horrors, you can see him, and then you can tell by the, his face why they actually put the camera on his face for that long. I don't know if they were trying to hide it, but yeah. And then the, the hands, you can see the hands, but Phantom of the Park, is this a precursor to something Kiss is going to put out? Are they going to put out another, a reissue of Phantom of the Park? It would be great if they could put some little additional stuff, like a commentary with Paul and Jean and, and let Paul and Jean not be these, Especially, you know, and I have nothing. I love all all the members of Kiss. I love them. But let Paul just be, have a sense of humor about it. Gene will. I know Gene will. But let Paul have a sense of humor about it. Not worry about how this is going to look in the public. If anything, if you're making, if you're making fun of it, it's going to, and people, it's nothing people haven't said before. They're going to look at you like, yeah, you know, he's right. He, this is pretty cool. Paul can relax because Paul doesn't relax much here lately. I don't think. And it, I may be wrong about that, but yeah. But Phantom of the Park, if that came out on a reissue. Okay. And here's another thing. Can we please, Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, I know you're out there listening. Yeah, right. Uh, Kiss streaming service. You guys claim to have filmed every concert over the years. And you're not going to put out new music. So outside of listening to Classic 78, the best thing you could do for us, as us, the fans, is do a streaming service. Charge, charge $14.95 a month and have concerts, have different things up there that, that you can stream as much as a money maker as gene is. I can't believe he hasn't bought into the whole streaming thing yet. The only thing that tells me is maybe that footage doesn't exist anymore. I mean, I would love to see the magic mountain concert that was filmed. Cause it was, you know, it was professionally filmed and I don't know who has the rights to that with the, if the, if the filmmakers had the right to it, or I'm sure Kiss had some kind of right to it. Magic Mountain, Eric Carr's first show at Palladium. Uh, release some stuff that, that people can see and in great quality. And I know some of the stuff won't be great quality, but man, people would love to have that right there at their fingertips. Uh, audio, audio bootlegs that you got. And, you know, I know you were doing the ultra soundboard uh, vinyl that's coming out, and that the choices haven't been the greatest so far. But uh, I'm holding out hope that maybe an Eric Carr, uh, Bruce Kulick lineup will come out soon. And I know that's not happening this time, but or Eric Carr live a live album. You know, and I'm getting off on a tangent here, but please. If you're listening out there, or if anybody's listening, could get it to them, get in their head, please. The streaming service would be great. A KISS streaming service would be great. And more bands could do it. Metallica, I think, already does it. 
Let's get a kiss from 35 years ago, and I think it was this week, Dokken, the famous Dokken, took on Freddy Krueger. This was back when MTV actually played music and what didn't turn into, they need to change their name to RTV, reality TV. Uh, but Dokken back 35 years ago released the video Dream Warriors. Uh, the song was written for Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, which premiered in theaters on February 22nd, 87, and served as a successful return to form for the franchise after the disappointment of Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. The collaboration came about because Dokken manager Cliff Bernstein was very close with Russ Craven, who was the guy behind the whole Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Bassist Jeff Pilson told Ultimate Classic Rock in 2018, the band shot on set with Robert England, famous for playing Freddy Krueger, and Pilson described him as just a kick-in-the-ass funny guy, just a great guy. Dream Warriors clip also included a few specifically filmed sequels with actress Patricia Arquette, who made her debut in Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Those elements and the incorporation of actors from the movie and the band playing the song are really what makes the video so entertaining. It's a good video. Um, the narrative reflects out of the film, which a group of teens are forced to band together, traveling to the dream world to defeat Freddy. In the video, Arquette's Kristen Parker character is building a small dollhouse in the creepy style often used by the franchise. This is something she also does in the movie, but here she plashes the back of the house with pictures of docking cut out of fan magazines. She then falls asleep and journeys in the house in her dreams where Freddy Krueger attacks her. Before he can kill her, however, members of Dokken appear and begin playing the song and slowly drive him back with their force of their heavy metal, rescuing Parker. At the end, with the tables turned on Freddy, Freddy wakes up from his own nightmares, claims, what a nightmare. Who are those guys? <laughs> so, great video, and it set the stage for, what was it, was the next was it the next Nightmare on Elm Street movie that Benny Vincent Invasion did Love Kills for? I guess it kind of set the 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 standard for that because they did a video pretty much the same way. Uh, it was clips of the song of the movie and some. I guess it was some special film scenes from the movie because Vinny and then Vinny near the end after the guitar solo. He's sitting there with the iconic Freddy Krueger Kruger sweater, and then he has the the fingers, the, the blades on his fingers, and starts playing his guitar, uh, which was pretty cool. But, yeah, check out Dockin. And, man, I don't want to be a downer, but Don Dockin, he just needs to – he needs to stop. And I know, guys, he wants to get out there and bring the music, but when you get to a certain point, you want to go out on top. And he's not going on out on top right now. Doc, and, Doc he's, his, his health is not good. Uh, and I, my hat's off to the guy. I know he's not, his health is not good. He dealt with, with his arm problems, not no feeling his arm for a long time. And, you know, I, I just really wish he, he would just say goodbye. And, you know, you don't have to say goodbye from the public, you know, make appearances and stuff like that. But as far as singing and taking on a, a, a tour, I think the time has passed for Don Dockin. I mean, in the proofs in the pudding, if you listen, watch the YouTube clips and listen is it's not good. Uh, but Mo Dockin was one of my favorite eighties bands and Don Dockin had an incredible voice back in the day. Uh, the live album beast from the East. Oh man. Incredible album, love it. Uh, the the studio song they did was kind of fitting because they were splitting up, and that was the last. That was the last album the the that version of Dokken made for a while, um, but the last song they did was "Walk Away," and uh, you know, yeah, they walked away. You know, Jeff Pilson, George Lynch, uh, Mick, I think it was Mick Wild, Mick Brown, but Jeff Pilson is one of the Great guys in music. I mean, the guy can do anything. He's with Foreigner. Uh, what was it? In Machine. Is he with In Machine? Black Swan. I mean, Jeff Pilson. Let's look that up right quick. Jeff Pilson has done a little bit of everything. I mean, to go from Dokken to Foreigner. 
Um, let's see. Jeez. He's been in a little bit of everything. Uh, the End Machine, Starship, TNN. And I think he's with Black Swan. Isn't that right? I'm almost positive. But they don't have it. Yeah, Black Swan. <clears throat> so, Dio, uh, Macaulay Schenker Group. He's just been with there and, and just a talented guy and played on Rockstar. So, Jeff Pilsen, I would love to get if, – if Jeff Pilsen, if you're out there listening, I'd love to get you on the show. That's one of my – that's one of the interviews that's on my bucket list. I want to interview Jeff Lynch. Um, Jeff Pilsen, excuse me, not George Lynch. Moving on, 30 years ago, Mr. Big's life-changing to be with you. It's number one. When a band gets its first number one single, it's a moment to celebrate for Mr. Big, the chart-topping success of To Be With You, which landed on top on February 29, 1992. Where were you at then? I was 18 years old and just graduated high school and didn't have a care in the world. Uh, but it, it represented reaching the peak of a mountain they knew they'd never scale again. Uh, in some ways, that was okay, much like extremes more than words. And Mr. Big Song showed a side of the group that wasn't its usual side. The band tended to embrace a variety of influences, both heavy and melodic, that drew from the vast palette of music he then supposed to. But acoustic-based songs weren't all that common on, on their two albums. For singer Eric Martin, it's the melting pot of music San Francisco offered was a big part of this. His first concert... Mm -hmm was a formative experience. Queen at Winterland with Y&T opening. Wow. Seeing Y&T frontman Dave Minichetti was a revelation. He was singing his ass off and playing guitar. He definitely looked a little weird in his pink spandex pants, Martin told this writer in 2013. I went, God, if this guy can do it, I can do it. Um, you think about it, Just Take My Heart is another song that was on a later album. That was so great. It was one of my favorite Mr. Big songs. Just take my heart. And what was it? Lucky this time. There was a lot of great. There's a lot of great Mr. Big songs. It's a band, you know, of course, they had the great Billy Sheehan. It's a band that doesn't get a whole lot of credit. But man, if you listen to some of their, and they just didn't just have two albums, they're big overseas in Japan, big time. You listen to some of their later albums, I, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. But yeah. It's hard to believe that's been 30 years ago. Jeez. I'm getting old, guys. I'm getting old. But I'm glad to be getting old. The alternative sucks. Uh, let's see. Union. Remember the band after the, I guess it was after the reunion tour started with Kiss. Bruce Kulik had to go find something else to do. And John Sarabi was sitting out there, wasn't in Motley Crue anymore. So they made a super group. Was this one of the first supergroups? They formed it in the 90s, and they would get a long overdue bit of fresh exposure thanks to pending reissues of the band's two albums. Both 1998's Union and 2001's The Blue Room have been pressed on 180-grain vinyl with bonus material by Deco Entertainment who partnered with Blackbird Entertainment for these new releases. The updated versions, lavishly packaged in gatefold jackets, are being made available for pre-order on March 1st, at noon, which was yesterday. I wonder if they've sold out yet. A run of 250 of each will be autographed by all four members of the band. Only a total of 750 of each title will be pressed. Pre-order links and information regarding the different versions can be found here. Let's see how much is left. I guarantee you they are gone. Sold out. Let's see which one of this. You can pre-order... I think the autograph, both of the autograph versions are sold out. Uh, the pre-order for the regular versions are still there, but yeah, you know, it's 250 versions. I just imagine they went like hotcakes. The, you know, you got two, two great guys like, uh, like uh, Zarabi and Kulik, and yeah, but that that was pretty cool. And I'm getting big into vinyl now, and uh, hopefully. Hopefully, I'll be maybe able to get a copy of that, but we'll see. 
Um, let's see. But Union, I just listened not too long ago to Blue Room, and that was part of my uh, my album challenge, which is coming coming down to the wire. At the end of the end of this month, my goal last year, and I started at the end of end of end of March last year, was to do 365 albums in a year. And right now I have completed over 700. So <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. And I, and hopefully I'll get, you know, enough for two years, enough for two years on there. But uh, yeah, Union Blue Room and, and the, the self-titled album, great albums. You guys should, if you haven't checked it out, check them out. Let's see. Talk a little bit about what did, you know, Journey and Toto started their tour. Did you, you guys see this? And there was a lot of lot of talk from people about that's not Journey. That's not Journey. Get you no, know, you can say it all you want to in the ground. That's your opinion. Don't listen to them. You know that that whole thing started with the New Year's Eve thing with whoever that guy was that shouldn't even have a microphone in front of him, but on CNN. But you know, Arnell is. His voice is great. Uh, yeah, he sounds like Steve Perry. That's why they got him. But Arnell has made a lot of new songs too, and I, they've got a new album coming out. I'm looking forward to Journey's new album. So, but Journey and Toto back out on tour. Hopefully, now the more you're seeing this stuff go on, uh, and I know the the people that COVID people or whatever are being cautious about it, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But hopefully things are starting to get back to normal a little bit, a little sense of normalcy where you can say, okay, I'm, I'm fine. You know, we're, th this thing is coming to a, maybe not coming to an end, but coming where it, it can be contained and it's not so dangerous to go out and have, have a good time in public. And I mean, if, if you can have all those people that were at the Super Bowl this past year and not have a massive outbreak, then I think it's pretty safe to say you can have a, a big stadium show like the Motley Crue, the Poison, uh, Def Leppard and Joan Jett like that. You can have get bands going back on tour to full capacity crowds again. I'm thinking that's going to be a good idea. And I'm hoping this summer will be the start of that, you know, because you're already seeing some go back out now and long, long overdue. Uh, but yeah, hopefully things are, are getting back to normal and we'll we'll see that now. So gotta talk a little bit about some TV shows. And if if you haven't watched it already, The Peacemaker. Uh, of course, if you watch and I myself, I had not watched the Suicide Squad movie until I finished The Peacemaker. So, you know, People are like, well, that you're, it's not going to make any sense to you. Well, it did make sense to me because it's, but I'm not going to give any anything away. But let me just tell you, John Cena does a great job as a piece of it. This is not your kids from, and my daughter, when she was a kid, was a huge John Cena fan to the point where she had the hat, she had the dog tag, she had the shirt. She would do the, you can't see me all the time and stuff like that, which was fine. I, I kind of, got her into that being a big wrestling fan at the time. Um, but he's not your children's WWE John Cena. He is, you know, he can get a little bad at times, but great show. Eight episodes in the first season and has been confirmed. There will be a season two. Uh, one of the coolest things on there, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let this cat out of the bag. So if you don't want to hear a little spoiler, just, Close your ears right now and three, two, one. One of the coolest things was seeing the Eagle give John Cena a hug. I mean, that was freaking awesome. Uh, when they're in the uh, in the vet's office, they don't know if the Eagle's going to make it, and he gets up, wakes up, and uh, gives Cena a hug. It, it's so great. But, man, it's, a, it's funny, and if you like 80s rock, this the the soundtrack is great. Seeing John Cena play, and he actually played that 
home sweet home on it on the piano at the end of one of the episodes was so freaking awesome. Made me a huge John Cena fan. So watch the Peacemaker. Get ready for season two. But you know, and, and I don't think you have to watch the Suicide Squad for certain to to get this. But you know, they were they pretty much showed uh, the first episode. They showed his part in the Suicide Squad. So. Uh, just go out and enjoy if you can. HBO Max has it. Uh, go out and check out The Peacemaker. Great, great series. And, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to next year or next season, whatever, whenever it comes. It can't come quick enough. So another thing, just get ready to come out, and I'm a big fan of. Stranger Things, season four, coming May 27th. And from what they say, it's going to be divided into two two seasons, two half seasons. I think another, uh, I forgot the date on the, uh, with the second half is coming out, but should be great. And they also announced that next season would be the last season of Stranger Things. So it's going to go five seasons. Um, yeah. I, I'll be interested to see how, what they do this year. I know 11 and Will are, have moved away. Uh, Hopper is of course still alive. Every Nobody, Nobody ever thought – I don't think I ever thought he was dead. They weren't going to kill him off before the, the show actually came to an end. Um, but interesting to see how they intertwine with with Will and Eleven moving away, how they intertwine the group. Uh, I don't know how far off this place is that they moved away. But, yeah, I've been going back and watching the old – I watched all of season one and – it reminded me how great that show was and how much I enjoyed it. But yeah, just great. And I, I can't wait. You know, that's another thing. You got Creatures Fest, Stranger Things, and my daughter's graduation all in the same weekend. So, you know, I can pull out two of the three. <laughs> Guess what two I'm doing. Um, so this gets us to what we came here to talk about. And we've already gone almost an hour. I can blab on for a while, can I? <clears throat> the Motley Crue Music Madness Final Four has been decided. Um, and I'm going to share the screen with the bracket. I'm not a pro at this yet. But let's see. Here we go. All right, so there you go. That's the bracket. And let me bring this up where you can see the whole bracket. Well, I don't know if you're gonna be able to see the whole bracket or what, but you get it, you get the gist of it. There's your your matchups in the Elite Eight, and we'll start off and I'll update them as we go. <coughs> Excuse me. And I had this already up here. Now it's gone away. Give me just a second. Won't take but a minute. All right. So the first matchup Kickstart My Heart versus Looks at Kills. Now, two great songs. One off uh, Dr. Feelgood, which is the, everybody says is the best, is the, Epic Motley Crue song, Kickstart My Heart. Going up against Looks of Kill from Shout the Devil. A lot of people's favorite song of Shout the Devil, and it is showed here. But uh, Kickstart My Heart gets the win. 57% of the vote goes to Kickstart My Heart. So let me update this as I go. And if you're watching... The video of the version of this, you're saying, oh, wow. I know you are, really. Whatever. <laughs> I'm trying to be more, you know, I'm not the, uh, I'm a little bit tech savvy, but, you know, I'm not, I haven't got, I, I want to learn how to get into the graphic stuff, and I'm trying to learn how to make it a little bit, you know, better. But, you know, bear with me. Okay, so the next matchup, Shout at the Devil, another Shout at the Devil album, a song. Versus Live Wire from Too Fast for Love. Now, 
I heard a lot of people say fatigue would shout the devil and, and live wire was a great song. Uh, I heard a lot of people say, you know, shout the devil is, is the anthem from Molly Crew. It's what got it started. And evidently those people were right. Shout the devil gets 57% of the vote. So 57% on both of these shout at the devil advances to the final four. Yes. All right, so our next matchup. Wow, this one came down to the wire. Girls, girls, girls off the, the, the self-titled, well, not self-titled, but the title track off Girls, Girls, Girls versus Home Sweet Home off Theater of Pain. Now, to me, there should be no contest here to me. I'm not the biggest Girls, Girls, Girls fan. It's all right, and I mean – it's, it's okay, but it doesn't, to me, match Home Sweet Home by any means. I mean, Home Sweet Home, when I – that's not what got me into Motley Crue. Shout the Devil is what got me into Motley Crue, but when I heard Home Sweet Home for the first time, I was like, holy crap, this is awesome. Uh, from the – you know, it was different, but it was a power ballad, and one of the first power ballads I remember hearing, and, and probably one of the most successful power ballads at first, uh, MTV had to retire it from their dial MTV countdown. Remember that because the video was so great. And the video made it so much better. I did, wasn't a fan of the remake for the decade of decadence. It, uh, wasn't, it wasn't the same to me. And I know there've been a lot of remake. Carrie Underwood did a remake. Uh, I can't remember the other country singer that did it where Vince was also on the song, but uh, home sweet home. Advances with 53% of the vote. So it came down to the wire. 53% of the vote with Home Sweet Home. Let's update this. All right. So now the final matchup of the Elite Eight. Too Young to Fall in Love from Shout at the Devil. Another Shout at the Devil versus Wild Side from uh, Girls, Girls, Girls. Out, I this I was torn over this one. Uh, I don't. I've, I've already forgot. I don't even know if I voted on it. I don't usually vote on these. I let you guys do the vote and decide. Uh, it's a toss up for me, but you guys decided that with almost fifty seven percent of the vote, that Wild Side would move over too young to fall in love. So, uh, Wild Side. Right. All right, so that sets up the final four, which will go on, and I'm going to try to put this out immediately after I record this. Uh, Kickstart My Heart from Dr. Feelgood versus Shout at the Devil from Shout at the Devil. Then Home Sweet Home from Theater of Pain versus Wild Side from Girls, Girls, Girls. So, uh, you know, four albums are represented there. It's not I think that worked out pretty good. Uh, should be interesting with these two matchups because you got two what you consider like anthems right here with Kickstart My Heart Shot Level. And then you've got, oh, Home Sweet Home versus Wild Side. I don't know how that was going. I'm scared to see how that's going to go. But should be should be fun. And I'm glad you guys are uh, – or it's I've had such a great response on all these – all these brackets. I love doing them. Uh, I love seeing your comments on them. Share, share your comments, share the, with other people. You know, we want to get as many votes out there as can like, and subscribe to the, to my Twitter. Uh, you'll find me at on the fly. That's F L Y T H E subscribe to our YouTube channel. And you'll see the links up here. Uh, so you can also subscribe Friend me on Facebook. I'm very reachable. If you have an idea or you want to be on it, you have your own group that you know a whole lot about that you want to do, message me and, and let me know. We'll we'll work something out if I haven't already got somebody down for it. Like I said, we've got upcoming brackets will be uh, Black Sabbath, Ozzy Osbourne, Van Halen. Um, also, you're going to have Rod Stewart, which was a little – a little bit of break, but, you know, I had some good friends and that, that helped me with them. 
and I'm always looking for guys to come on the show and talk about stuff. And uh, like I said, thank you guys so much. I This is going to do it for today. Let me see, stop. There we go. This is going to do it for today. On the fly, we came back, and we had a lot to talk about, guys. And next week, hopefully, we'll be back again, and we'll talk about the Motley Crew Championship. You guys take it easy. Have a great day, and we'll see you next week on the fly.